The text for this Good Friday service is from John 19, verse 30. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And then after the sermon, we will respond with the singing of Psalm 30, the stanzas 2 and 4. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters, and include you, boys and girls. Today we celebrate the death of the cross of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We call this day of celebration Good Friday. We call it Good Friday because it is not a day of mourning, but it is a day of joy. It is a day of joy because something very wonderful has taken place. On this day, we commemorate the fact that Christ cried out on the cross, It is finished. That word was a cry of victory. Christ had finally come to the end of his suffering. He had completed the task which his father had set out for him. His whole life, the Lord Jesus had prepared himself for that task. His task was to be obedient in everything to his Father in heaven. It meant that he had to take the long road of suffering. And now we see him at the end of that road. Everything he had done was geared to bring him to this final destination. It was indeed a momentous occasion. Because he came to the end, it was also a moment of joy. I preach to you about Christ's sixth word on the cross, it is finished. And then we will see that Christ called out to God in the first place without us, in the second place about us, and in the third place for us. So I will preach to you about the sixth word on the cross, it is finished. Christ calls out to God in the first place without us, in the second place about us, and in the third place for us. Christ says, it is finished. Now he could enter his rest. It reminds us of the time of creation. After God had finished his work of creation, we read that it says in Genesis 2 verse 2, by the seventh day God had finished the work that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. He could rest because his work was completed. It did not have to be repeated, repaired, or revised. And now Christ, in this moment of triumph, could also rest from his work. What he had done would never have to be repeated or corrected. No one else could have done what he did. And no one would have to add to what he had done either. And therefore, for us too, it is a day of triumph. We do not have to repeat or add to the work of Christ. Christ's work is complete in itself. His work was totally unique in its perfect completeness. 
Physically, Christ is not alone as he hangs there on the cross, for there are many people who are standing around the cross of Christ. The Apostle John mentions a few of them. He mentions the four women who are very close to the Lord Jesus, namely his own mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. John also mentions himself, referring to himself as the disciple whom the Lord Jesus loved. But although he is surrounded by his loved ones, in reality, Christ hangs there alone. He has no one to support him during his hour of need. He cried out earlier, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Christ was forsaken not only by man, but also by God himself. But that hour of darkness has now passed. Christ is now at the end of his suffering. And nothing could have diminished his suffering. He had to suffer his ordeal in silence during the three hours of darkness. Matthew and Mark mentioned that before that time, Christ had been offered something to drink. It was a wine mixed with gall. But then he refused, for in no way could Christ lessen the suffering which he had to undergo. He could not have his suffering diminished by drinking alcohol. He could only drink the cup which his heavenly Father had given him to drink. It was the bitter cup of suffering. He prayed about it in the Garden of Gethsemane, and during the three hours of darkness, Christ's suffering reaches its climax. His cup was full. But now that is over. And now he does want something to drink. He cries, I am thirsty. His suffering is at its end. And now he is permitted to have something to drink. He must have something for his parched throat so that now he can utter his last word on the cross. For without it he could not have uttered anything except an unintelligible sound. But everyone must be able to hear what he is about to say. The Father in heaven must hear it, the church must hear it, and the devil must hear it. It is finished. And so Christ takes the drink which is held up to him, which was nothing more than a little vinegar mixed with water, to lubricate his dry throat, to utter that final word. Christ utters his word without us. I say this word for the original language. In the original language, it is only one word which he speaks. Telestai. It is finished. In the English, it has to be translated by three words. But it is only one word that Christ can speak. And no earthly creature could ever speak this word with such conviction and finality. None of us ever could ever say outside of Christ that we have finished the task which the Father set out for us to do. Because of man's sinfulness, it is impossible for us to even begin, let alone finish, what God requires from us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
after that task was fulfilled, he was finished with his work of creation. And God saw what he had made, and it was good. The work of creation was complete. Nothing needed to be added to it. Nothing needed to be detracted from it. God had also put his crown of creation on the earth. He had created man with woman as his helpmate. And together they could glorify the creator in all their works. But then that completed work of creation came into disrepair. Sin entered the world. God's work of creation, that completed work, fell apart. That what was finished became undone through man's willful disobedience. Creation groaned under the weight of the sin which had now entered the world. Creation was no longer at rest. Man fell under the condemnation of God. Man could now no longer just pluck the fruit of God's creation. No, the ground became cursed because of man. In toil he would have to eat of the bread of the ground all the days of his life. In the sweat of his face would man eat of the bread. Death and corruption entered the world. Decay, sorrow, tears and strife replaced man's peaceful existence with God. That what was finished became unfinished. And how we see the reality of that even today. We see the pain and the sorrow and the brokenness all around us. We see man's cruelty against man. How hell would have rejoiced when God's creation became undone at the time of man's fall into sin. For that is exactly what the devil wanted. But then God came to man to set things right again. God did not want his creation to end up in this way. And for that reason, he did not abandon his creation. No, he came with the promise of a savior. God would not be robbed of his honor. And therefore, God sends his only son to restore what was broken. He comes to glorify the father and to restore to him this shattered creation. He came to do his father's will. His whole life on earth was directed towards that purpose. And therefore, prior to this, in his high priestly prayer, the Lord Jesus could pray to his father, I have brought you glory on earth by completing, by finishing the work you gave me to do. John 17, verse 4. God the Father gave him the task of recreating this broken universe. He gave him, to, he gave him the task to repair that what man had broken. And only God himself could do that. Man was incapable of restoring creation. God could only do that through his son. And so when Christ utters his statement on the cross, it is finished. He does so as a lone individual. He does so without the aid of man. He does so only out of his own strength as God Almighty. For no man could do what he did. 
Christ's cry, it is finished, marks the final act which would make possible the recreation of the whole world. All things would be whole again. And please know that Christ did not say, I have finished it. He does not place himself on the foreground. He remained humble to the end. For Christ came to earth as a lowly servant. He came only to do the will of his Father, to heed his beckoning call. He does not place himself in the center and say, I have finished it. Even though he, being not only a man but also God, actually did. No, he says, it is finished. And in this way he gives glory to the Father who accomplished that work of recreation through him. And what exactly is that work that Christ has finished? Was it his work as Messiah and Savior? No. For if that were the case, then we would not be able to celebrate Easter as we hope to do in a few days. For Christ still had to die, and he still had to be raised from the dead. And else we would not be able to celebrate ascension either. For if he were finished at this point, he would not have risen to his Father in heaven either. And if Christ is not in heaven, then he would not be there to intercede for us. He would not be there to plead our cause before the throne of God against the accusations of the devil. And so at this point, his work on earth was not yet finished. He still had to instruct his disciples as well after his resurrection as to what they should do. He still had to give them their great commission, namely to go out and make disciples of all nations. Only after his resurrection would they be able to fully comprehend Christ's purpose on earth. And so what then exactly was finished? His conscious suffering and humiliation is now finished. The suffering of the penalty and the torment of payment is now finished. For God's justice had to be satisfied. Christ's purpose on earth was to become a curse for us. His name, as we read in Isaiah 52 and 53, was the suffering servant. By his stripes we were to be healed. His work of redemption is finished. We come to the second point, namely that Christ calls to God about us. Christ in calling to God without us does not so for himself, but so that he could speak to God about us. He says, I have finished for them what they could not do for themselves. I have done this for those who believe in me, who believe that I have made the final sacrifice for the sin which has entered into the world through the first Adam. I am the second Adam who completes the work undone by the first Adam. And so Christ says, about us it is finished. No priest could ever have uttered that word. No priest could ever say that enough blood had been poured out over the altars. For although throughout the years countless animals had been sacrificed, it was never enough. 
Every day during the Old Testament, animal after animal had to be sacrificed in order to atone for the forgiveness of sins. And every year the high priest had to enter the Holy of Holies, the sanctuary, and sprinkle the blood on the seat of the atonement. But now here we see that there is an end to all that. Now Christ can say, all this is finished. The final sacrifice has been brought. The full price has been paid. I have paid with my own precious blood. No priest will ever again have to go and make sacrifices. And for that reason, when Christ died, the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the sanctuary was torn in two the moment he gave up his spirit. And there was no longer any need to sprinkle the blood on the seat of atonement. It was finished. Christ's suffering is ended. He paid the price. We do not have to do anything to add to his sacrificial work. We do not have to despair that what Christ did was not enough. We do not have to worry whether or not we are saved or not. If we believe that he spoke that word on our behalf, then we can also be sure of our salvation. Christ finished it all for us. And so Christ speaks these words about us. On the cross, he cries out to heaven, I have done it all for them. Brothers and sisters, do not think that this world was not, that this word was not also heard by Satan himself. He heard Christ cry out, it is finished. And then there was no rejoicing in hell as there was the time when Adam fell into sin. No, on the contrary. At this point, Satan knows that this is the end for him. The work of recreation is now made possible through the final sacrifice of Christ. Satan cringes at this word on the cross. He knows that soon he will be committed forever to the lake of fire and sulfur, along with all those who do not want to share in Christ's victory on the cross. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. In hell, beloved, nothing is finished. For in hell, rest is impossible. In hell, there exists an unbroken suspense which can never be lifted. For in hell, there is only fearing and trembling. There is no hope. And so Christ's cry is about us who about those who believe in him. It's not meant for those who reject his sacrifice. They will know no rest. They will not experience the peace that Christ brings. Their suffering will never be finished. And the sixth birth on the cross is not only without us and about us, but also for us. And that brings us to our final point. The Son of God rises to his rest for us. For that reason, brothers and sisters, this is a great day of joy for us. We do not have to worry about our lot in life. When Christ says, it is finished, then he said that he did so for us. 
He says to each and every one of us, You do not have to worry. I have done it all for you. Now your life is finished. It is complete. Life can now be the way it was intended in paradise before the fall into sin. You do not have to have a broken life. And yet, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, how often do we not forget about this sixth word on the cross? How often do we not concentrate on the incompleteness, on the brokenness of this world? We do that every day, also in our own lives. For it is true, all the work of the evil one is not yet undone. Oh yes, the the final victory has been won by Christ. But the devil still goes around like a roaring lion, devouring every, everything that comes his way. All the brokenness of this world still belongs to his domain. But Satan knows that the victory has been won and that the end is near. The final rest, restoration will come when Christ returns on the clouds. But do not think that you have to wait until that time in order to experience Christ's complete work of recreation. For in him you are new creatures. And so you do not have to worry when we experience the brokenness of life in our own bodies. When we see our bodies being sapped of strength because of illness or because of old age. Christ says it is finished. And that is the reality for you and for me. He will mend your broken bodies and your broken minds. He will dry your tears. You can rest in Him. You do not have to worry either what life will bring you. You do not have to worry about your daily living, whether you will have food or a roof over your heads. The Lord Jesus did the worrying for you. He says, if you trust in me, then your life will be complete. I have repaired the work of the evil one. I will bring your lives to a glorious end. For Christ opens the gates of the new and finished paradise for us. And he closes the gates of hell for us. This is so not only for eternity, but also for this life. For now, if we hang on to that word of Christ on the cross, then we can rest assured that things do not depend on our own efforts in this life. And we need to remember that every day of our lives. We cannot seek the fullness of life in ourselves or in the many solutions that this world has to offer. We must seek our hope in Christ alone. He says, it is finished. It is finished for you. Believe in me and you will experience that completeness. And he also says to us, woe to you if you do not seek refuge in me. Do not depend on your own work. Depend on me. I have finished the work for you. And if you do not accept the completeness of my work, then the wrath of God will rest on you. For he who once endured God's wrath on the cross, he will 
according to Revelation 16, as we saw, have his angel come and empty the bowls of wrath of God over the whole world, over those who do not want to recognize God's work of redemption. And then the angel pours that bowl over the earth. The angel will say, as it says in Revelation 16, it is done. In other words, it is finished. And with that final word, with that final word of the angel, it will be too late to seek the Lord and enter his completeness, his rest. And then, beloved, the new creation will come. And he who in the beginning create, created and saw that it was finished, and he who later on said on the cross of Golgotha, it is finished, he, the Son of God, will then hear it said by the Father, as we could read in Revelation 21, it is done, it is finished, creation is whole again. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, hold on to that word on the cross. We may look forward to the complete renewal of the whole creation. For Christ spoke to his Father in heaven, without us, about us, and for us. It was all for us. And so this is a day of joy. We can rejoice together with a host in heaven. We may experience now already the renewal of life through the Holy Spirit. And we may look forward to the total renewal of all creation. For Christ's work of redemption, it is finished. Amen.